Food Expo with um, Guy Routledge from Sapling Digital and the Food Rush um, and it's day one. Um, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed uh, because there's you know there's all sorts of people here from manufacturers doing packaging machines to ingredients people and there's a farm shop one farm shop and deli show and there's food and drink expo as well. Yeah, this is a huge show. I think they they refer to it as like four shows under one roof or five shows under one roof, something like that. And you're right, Sue, it is a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I think we've both been having a wander around, uh, catching up with some old friends and uh, meeting some new people, tasting some new things, drinking some new things. And um, yeah, some really interesting stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, just trying to get a bit of a handle on, on what's going on and observe some of the trends as well. Indeed, um, at some of the trends. And we're in the middle of uh, NEC in Birmingham. Talking of trends, plastic. Mm. Any thoughts on that? Everything's changed, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, it's uh, it's something that we write about quite a lot on the on the food rush, and it's you know it's definitely uh, of the moment. You know, I think it was ever since that that uh, wonderful or perhaps terrible, depends on how you look at it. That episode of Blue Planet came out, and suddenly it's on everybody's minds, uh, and that's why we're really excited to uh, to be you know uh, chatting to uh, Mike, I believe it is. Um, about uh, his uh, his water bottle, which looks like it's made of plastic, but it's not. Yes, so Mike uh, uh, was on our show a couple of years ago. I think I interviewed a couple of years ago, Mike. So it's Mike Shaw of Eco for Life. And um, none of this plastic stuff had really kicked off then. And and you had a bottle that, that as Guy said, is completely made from plants, is 100% natural, and yet it looks and feels exactly like plastic. In fact, very shiny plastic, almost looks like glass. Um, did you, two years ago when you and I were chatting, did you even think that there would be such a sea change in public opinion you know, in, in such a short time? Yeah, hi Sue. Um, we were always confident that we had um, a product that was potentially going to be a game changer. Um, but yeah, you're right, two years ago, did we see um, where we are today? No, probably not. Uh, I mean, public opinion... Uh, has massively changed as Guy said you know the Blue Planet really did bring home how bad plastic pollution has got in the environment um, and it's, it's it certainly is a hot topic so yeah and, and at that time lots of people were wandering around buying bottles of water single use and, and, and quite happy to do that not really thinking which, which is you know fair enough not sort of criticising but it is quite a trend you know buy some water carry that around all day and you know and then get rid of it people have really worked and been quite shocked i think about what you know where that gets disposed yeah absolutely i mean it, there's been problems with you know recycling um there's been problems with just litter um and and and, and issues around single-use bottles um i think where we have started to change um the mindset of people is a you know the bottle is made 100 percent from plants so it's a chemical free bottle um, but because it's chemical free, people can refill it. So, are we a single-use bottle? We don't think so. We're multi-use. And um, and you can uh, presumably um, you, you can recycle these bottles, can you? 
they're not recyclable as in uh, plastic recycling because um, it's a completely different product. Um, but what these bottles are is compostable. Um, compostable is on everyone's lips at the moment. Um, you know, more and more packaging, food packaging is coming out in compostable material. Um, that would be food trays, straws, obviously now, um, uh, cups, uh, coffee cups, single use. So yeah, more and more um, products are coming out in in polylactic acid, which is what our bottles are made of. So, so guy, I mean, there is nothing about this that that that, that shouldn't just take off. I mean, basically, you've got a, a bottle that looks like plastic and and you know feels very sturdy. It looks really shiny and lovely, actually. Um, um, it's made from plants, 100%, and it's compostable. That's surely what the industry is looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And the the great thing about this is there's no need to really change too much behaviour about it. And that is one of the things that we talk about quite often on the on the food talk show is you know how challenging it is to change people's behaviour. <clears throat> and um, you know this. Whilst it could be reused, which you know most people perhaps don't do, uh, it you know you don't have to buck the trend too much to you know pick this up and have it as that convenience item, but having that confidence to know that it is you know compostable. You, I mean, not that we're suggesting that people just you know chuck them on the floor and they will you know degrade gracefully, but uh, it's um, yeah without having to change too much behaviour, you're uh, really onto a winner here. And, and so, um, Mike, um, you, the brand here is Eco for Life. Does that mean that you um, you make bottles for the industry, or are you or are you using these bottles with your own water? Yeah, no, um, we produce uh, these bottles um, for our brand, which is Eco for Life, um, and the water is bottled here in the UK. Uh, so, I mean, we have the, the industry are talking to us a lot uh, about bottle production. Um, but, you know, from my side, I really just want to focus on, on changing the way people buy bottled water, you know. Surely, though, um, surely you're going to have more success and more impact if you sell this technology to the other bottle manufacturers. I'm just, you know, sorry, got my business head on here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a valid point. Um, yeah, of course, you know, there is, um, there is a, a profit angle. Um, but, you know... <sighs> We didn't start this to to make it a profitable business for ourselves because we you know we operate another business outside of this. Um, so we, you know we just at the time we thought well you know there's been a lot of talk about you know people don't want to drink from oil-based plastics anymore. This was back then two years ago. You know it was more of a health issue, but then it's all of a sudden it's become an environmental issue. So you know we want to get this. Um, you know, we want eco to, eco for life to become a you know a, 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 um, a norm in the marketplace. You know, for all the retailers to take it on. Yeah, great. Of course, you know they're going to be talking about margins and things, um, and our bottle is a little bit more money to produce. Um, but you know, unfortunately, innovation costs more money. And, and do you own the do, do you own the sort of manufacturing uh, rights to, to, to this sort of technology? Yeah, there's only, there's only one um, place in the world that was given the license uh, and that can produce these kind of bottles um, and we have the license from that factory for the UK and Europe. He's somebody we need to know. Mm, absolutely. The, uh, the thing, so I'm staring at this thing and it looks just like a plastic bottle and I'm thinking it's made of plants and it's full of water. So how does it hold its shape and doesn't just kind of melt? Yeah, because it, it, it's... <laughs> It's an injection-moulded process, so it is. It is. I mean, you could say it was a bioplastic. Um, so, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it is a, 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 a device to hold a liquid. But when it's composted in the right way, 
the enzymes within the compost will attack the molecular structure of this particular vessel and will break it down and it will become a nature again. So you, you bring it from nature and take it back to nature. Um, I mean, the only drawback that I can think of, Guy, is that because it looks like plastic so convincingly, yeah. that when somebody looks at it, they just assume it is plastic. Yeah. That, that, you know, and, and whilst you're, you're right, you say that, you know, difficult to change people's behaviour actually um, I'm trying to think how you can make this really stand out because because somebody might see you carrying this bottle of water down the road and like give you like shout at you for being <laughs> environmentally unfriendly go no no hold on a, hold on a minute mate it's made from plants um, um, so it's quite difficult isn't it a quite difficult um, sort of positioning yeah I think th- that will be a big challenge here because you have to get quite up close to it to and and even read it perhaps to understand um, and that's you know that is definitely something that uh, you would need to change behavior around because people don't tend to read stuff they're just like oh yeah I'll grab that and go um, but uh, it's almost too good to be true yeah and exactly I mean like I said I'm, I'm kind of sitting here stunned staring at this thing going I, I just can't believe it but it's it's incredible and, and um, Mike you know for, for those of us who, who do want to you know drink water from a bottle and not have glass because it's actually quite you know well, a some sometimes you might feel it's dangerous but it's actually heavier where, where can we get eco for life water from in these lovely bottles okay so there's there's um a various lists of uh, retailers on our website currently ecoforlife.co.uk um and we're obviously growing in more and more so the more you know more the message gets out the more retailers will come on um with regards to large retail you know we're talking to them uh, we just need them to you know come on board i mean large retailers get a move on if you're thinking about why you know you're selling plastic bottles all down those aisles i mean huge aisles full of water you know what are you doing you need to get in touch with mike shaw yeah and i mean going going back to the a point you just raised there a minute ago by you know how do people know that it's you know that it's a biodegradable or compostable bottle and it's made from plants i mean we always say look if it's if it says eco for life on the bottle it's compostable if it doesn't it isn't because we are the only one we are the only one. I'd love to have that in my marketing. So um, if, you, if you feel quite strongly about the plastic thing, which a lot of us do at the moment, and um, you know, you're going down the supermarket aisle and you still feel like you need to carry a bottle of water with you because it's, you know, you're so used to that behaviour, you need to seek out Eco for Life. And I presume you can order it online and get it delivered and then store it in your garage and you know, use it as you need it. Yeah, absolutely. You're available to order online. Um, and again, check the website for all the major stockists. Thank you, Mike. Um, maybe I'll interview you in another two years, and by which time you'll be a multi-billionaire and won't want to speak to me. So, um, so good, good luck with it, Mike, and I'll see you in two years' time. Thank you, Sue. Thank you for your time. So I'm at the um, NEC, uh, and we're at the Food and Drink Expo, and I've just stumbled across this stand, and I'm talking to Tony Bullock, and this is a product that's from Iceland and this is your launch in the UK isn't it Tony? Yes it's the first morning of the first launch of the first day of our introduction to Britain. Sounds very biblical somehow. (laughs) (laughs) So so just tell us about the base of this product because it's from Iceland and but the base of the product is water isn't it? Yes it's um, water from the glacier it's extremely pure it comes down, takes 5,000 years to permeate through the glacier and then into our products. So 5,000 years of getting pure. I mean, it should be good, shouldn't it? Yes, it, it is beautiful. It's beautiful. So, so you've got this amazing natural resource um, and you don't just sell water, though. I can see you've got some water products here so, and it's called um, Glacier Fire and you've got sort of some flavoured waters. 
Yes, we got um, flavoured waters, and there's six of those, and they're replicated in the tonics as well. So, so that's water and tonic. Uh, obviously, high content of, of, of the beautiful glacial water that we've got. And then you've branched out further, haven't you? Yes, we've. Uh, there's no sugars in the uh, tonics. The water comes in still and uh, carbonated. And then we've uh, also take the finest ingredients and make three different types of uh, beer: an IPA, a beer, and an ale. And again, that's using the, the water as your, you know, your, your sort of selling point, so to speak. The, the selling point is the glacier and the fire of the volcanoes. So with the two of them, they create the springs, which creates the pure water. We then take the finest ingredients, mould them together with the finest flavours and, and bring you this product. So we've also got glacier fire gin and vodka. Yes. It's got to be done, hasn't it, really? It's got, it's got to be done. And if you have a look at the Valhalla gin, that's on the bottom of it. That replicates the shape of the uh, glacier and the Viking uh, drinking horn. That is the most beautiful bottle. So it's called Valhalla Gin. I, don't, I dread to think how much it costs. Um, but it's a small batch distilled. And essentially, it's, it's a sort of almost like a triangular bottle because it looks like a horn. And then at the bottom of the bottle, um, it's, it, it looks almost like a diamond uh, underneath. Yeah, that, it looks beautiful. That's the glacier. And the, the vodka is distilled seven times. So you're just going pure pure and purity is it feels that's what the brand is all the way through it's pure water pure top quality ingredients a nice aesthetic and, and crafted in iceland it looks very scandinavian islandic doesn't it it's got that very cool scandy sort of fashionable yes it, it is it's Un- understated almost it's understated, but I mean, I think that's the same with the beauty of, uh, of Iceland, the land, how it's created, the glacier, the volcanoes, the people. They're all very pure, very clean. And it's not how anybody describes me, I'm afraid, Tony. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, well, I wish you a very good luck in your launch in the UK. Where, where can people get hold of this if they're, if they're based in the UK at the moment? Well, we're based in the UK. We're here today to sort out distributors where the different people are and introduce ourselves to the buyers. So not yet available, but hopefully it will be. It all looks absolutely gorgeous, beautifully um, branded. And as you say, it's got that absolute purity about it. So if there's any distributors listening, um, any salespeople, you you might want to check this out. How how can people get hold of you, Tony? You can get hold of us by glacierfire.is glacierfire.is well good luck with it and it's a pleasure to meet you Tony thank you very much pleasure well I'm at the um, food and drink expo at NEC Birmingham and I've just I've just walked past um, a big stand called James White Drinks and I thought oh I don't know who James White Drinks are but as I'm wandering along I'm so familiar with these bottles and that's because the company's been going for quite a long time. And I'm joined by J.P. Palais. Have I got that right? Palais, yeah. Palais, Palais, Palais. <laughs> and you're the sales director at I James White Drinks, aren't you? I am, yes. 
So um, I'm wandering around here. The company's been around for about 30 years? That's correct, yeah. Established in 1997. When, when you consider how many drinks brands there are now, that's a huge amount of time, isn't it? Because we, we're seeing so many innovations in food and drink um, and, and so many people entering the market. But you've been here for ages. We have, yeah, and in a lot of the categories, we're the first there, so it's, uh, I'm very proud of that. I think so too. So we're just going to wander along here. Now, um, I, I'm looking at some um, tall bottles, um, and I buy the um, organic carrot juice that you make, which I'm very familiar with, and you also do the Big Tom Spice Tomato Mix, which I think probably everybody knows. Uh, are these ones big sellers? Uh, yes, they are. Big Tom is actually our second biggest brand. Um, surprisingly enough, Beat It is our top brand, which is the beetroot juice. We sell those to all the supermarkets, so Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda. The organic carrot, which you were talking about, we sell to Sainsbury's uh, mainly in Waitrose. Um, and uh, kind of our organic range is our third biggest brand. So, Well, I also buy the Beat It stuff. I, I'm, we're going to have a little taste of that in a minute. You also do lovely apple juices and apple and elderflower, which I have bought as well. I didn't realise this was part of the same family, if you like, of brands. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, we, we've got uh, eight brands, um, and uh, they vary. Like I said before, from Beat It, where we stock to all the supermarkets, to our apple juice, which we is mainly you see in, in independence and the whole food sector. So not so big in the supermarkets. Although you can buy it in Waitrose. Of course, you can buy everything in Waitrose. So, do you mind if I taste some of these? Now, these are your zingers, which I've started seeing in the supermarkets quite a lot. And these are the sort of small bottles that are about, what, 10 centimetres high. And, and there seems to be some sort of craze at the moment where you sort of just get a, a quick shot of, of, you know, of something healthy. Did you, did you enter this market very quickly? We, we did, yeah. Uh, we, we launched our first product, which was the Ginger Zinger, in uh, the end of 2015. Um, and since then, we've just gone from strength to strength with it. And we're now up to five SKUs and we've got other um, ideas in, in development for, for uh, next year. So it's a segment which we're really excited about. Um, it's growing really rapidly. Um, and uh, yeah, more and more, uh, we're gaining more and more distribution in different areas from, you know, uh, catering into the supermarkets. It's, it's really ubiquitous the way you can use that product and versatile. So, so I'm going to try some of these if you're right. You've, you've got some little tasting things now here. Now the, the Beat It one um, I do actually buy and this is a concentrated beetroot shot. That's correct. So it's a, a beetroot and a bit, a bit of lemon juice just to take away a little bit of the earthy beetroot mm. flavour. Yeah. So I really like that because I do like beetroot. A lot of people don't. But I think it is because it's not really 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 earthy which i love when you're eating it but as a drink you're right that lemon just takes the edge off it absolutely that's the whole idea of it i mean uh, if you're a beetroot fan you'll love our products but sometimes just adding a little bit of that sweetness helps or bitterness now i'm going to get lucy our producer over here lucy um to try something that i won't dare touch so there's an extra ginger zinger. Now, I've had your ginger zinger before, your organic one. I haven't seen this one. It's a, it's a, it's a red um, sort, of, um, sort of package. Um, is that new? It's not, actually. Um, it was the, we, we brought out the, the ginger and turmeric first, and then pretty much within about six months, we brought out the other two products. You won't see that extra ginger in as much distribution or in as many places as you will the turmeric and the ginger. Um, it, it is a, 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 um, a it does give you that zing this product so so Lucy you're going to try the extra ginger zinger it says intense and hot good luck here we go thank you oh it's a <laughs> it's a bit burny isn't it <laughs> burny yeah but it's not too I could drink a whole shot of that I think 
Yeah, um, I'll leave you back with you. Um, yes, and we've also got a chili zinger. Again, is that is that a new one, or has that been around a while? Uh, the lime chili zinger, yeah. So um, it's been it came out about the same time as the extra ginger. So it's been in the market for just over just under two years. Um, and again, you'll get the chili, you'll get the lime. We don't put a lot in these products, um, so very basic ingredients, but strong. So here you go, another shot, uh, lime chili zinger, and it is described as intense and hot. Oh, that's really nice. Really limey, isn't it? And you still get the kick of the chilli. Oh, that's, that's my favourite. Is it? Is it very, very hot? Hmm. Well, I, my favourite is, I've had the turmeric zinger before, but I do like the ginger zinger, but my, my absolute favourite is the, is the Beat It organic. Um, and, and these will all have a bit of a health benefit, as well as giving you a good kick. Yeah, absolutely. The idea behind all the products is they're functional as well as great tasting. So, yeah, we, they, they're functional in all their sorts of different ways, whether it's the sort of the, the health benefits of ginger or the nitrate content of beetroot. Well, good luck with it. Um, it's a great brand. We're going for a long time, and um, I love I love the stuff. So, um, anybody who hasn't tried the you know the little shop things, uh, look out for them um, in most of the uh, sort of supermarkets. And um, thanks for joining us, JP. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. Well, we're really getting into the eating now. People are bringing us loads of stuff to eat um, on our lovely stand in the middle of NEC um, and Food and Drink Expo. It's not just Food and Drink Expo, is there? It's uh, all sorts of things here. Uh, yes, I think we've got an ingredients show. So like all those component parts of a product. There's also um, uh, like a pro retail thing as well. So like helping people get into, uh, into you know, help them get distribution, stuff like that. And then there is also uh, Food X, which I believe is... Machines. Yeah, machinery. It's like, it's, yeah. Packing and, and doing, you know, things. Yeah, very high tech stuff. Uh, it looks really interesting. I haven't wandered over there yet, so we're going to have to have a look. Well, you can't eat anything over there, so that's why you've probably stayed in the uh, the other parts of the show. Could well possibly be. So, we're joined by Linnea Mullenbach. Have I got your name right, Linnea? Yes, you have. Thank you. Oh, thank God for that. I'm not very good at that. So, we've got something in front of us, and there's, there's little packets, um, and it says PEAKS, which is P-A-K-Z. And each one of these lovely little packets has got a polar bear on why has it got a polar bear on the on the packet? So there's a whole story about sustainability, and I think our mascot, which is called Nanook, um, he starts off because there's a legend that's been foretold of this everlasting food source. Um, his community of bears are struggling to find food, so he goes through the land of Dwin and comes to the top of Muddy Paw Mountain, frustrated that he can't see any food in sight. He slumps down, slams his paws on the ground, and they come out covered in chocolate, so he's found the peaks of Muddy Paw Mountain. So that's the whole background about Peaks and Nanook and why we decided to start this product. And I've always been obsessed with food and snacking in general, so we wanted something that was quite hybrid. So, Linnea, did you just make all that up? (laughs) Yes, my co-founder and I came up with quite a mystical story behind it, but people absolutely love it. I know Selfridges, when they first took us on as a brand, they were absolutely captivated by the story, the sustainability aspect. The quirky, whimsical nature of the brand really captured them and why they wanted to start stalking us in the first place. You're slightly mad then, aren't you, really? Let's face it. (laughs) Yes, I think everybody in the food industry has to find their quirk and their niche. And ours is very much a storytelling aspect and why lots of people are obsessed with the brand. They love the Nanook and the branding and the story behind it. We had um, Tony, didn't we, from Ten Acre Crisps on? He's, he's, he's slightly <coughs> mad as well. And, and, and they got a whole story around c- creating a whole land, really, hadn't they? Imaginary place that you could live. 
Yeah, it's a, it is a, this uh, magical way of kind of telling the story of the product. And I think it's a really interesting and unique approach. Um, I mean, obviously, I work in marketing and, and we're always talking about finding the brand story. Um, and some of them are quite simple and you're like, oh, yeah, kind of makes sense. And then some of them are just bonkers and I love it. So, so um, quite a few people um, have a, you know, some, I don't know, illness in the family or we had the, um, the, the rum people on who, whose um, barn burnt down and then they, they created a rum. So those, those are stories that, that people have naturally had that actually have happened to them. I mean, do you think it is a good idea that if you don't have some, you know, really different backstory to actually create some sort of fantasy world around it so that, so that you, you know, people do remember you? Well, I think you have to have something that makes you stand out. You have to have something unique, something interesting, something that can hook people in and that they can really kind of grab hold of because there are so many so many things out there on the market, especially in food and drink. I mean, we've, we've tried a number of different snacks just today already. And so you have to have something that, that kind of makes you stand out. The thing that I'm really interested to hear about here is the, is the sustainability aspect. So I think both of our co-founders were both vegan. We always wanted a product that was vegan-friendly and accessible to more than just one audience. Um, given that most of our consumers are omnivores, we wanted something that was vegan and vegetarian-friendly, palm oil-free. That's something that we're really adamant about from the sustainability point of view. Um, everything's all natural, non-GMO ingredients, and it's just quirky and fun. And there's a third of your daily intake of iron, a quarter of your daily intake of B12 just in one bag. So it's something that's not just a bar of chocolate. They all have their place, absolutely. But we wanted something that was a bit of a hybrid and more dynamic that you could grab and go. There was also chocolate because I feel like chocolate grab and go snacks are really just kind of lost. They're, they just don't really exist in this marketplace, I feel. And the world's not the same unless there's chocolate in it. I'm, I'm looking at you. Absolutely. Chocolate makes everybody happy in all honesty. The endorphins, the just everybody loves chocolate and you can't go wrong with it. And we have a really luxurious 64% cocoa solids chocolate that we use. So people are quite surprised because they're not expecting it to be such a good quality chocolate. So, so can you just describe this, um, uh, the, these sort of snacks? So you open the bag, um, which are like half the size of a bag of crisps, I would say but beautifully beautiful sort of packaging we've also got a lovely polar bear on there and then you open them up and you get yeah so it's uh, i think it's a 32 gram bag and inside there's a whole load of uh like small squares so like like the square that you would have within a block of chocolate and they're kind of irregular shaped kind of uh, textured very dark in color i guess that's the 62 percent chocolate and, and then you pick them up and you think, oh, this is going to be like a, like a piece of chocolate. And you bite into it and it's this wonderful, light, crunchy thing. It's very, very cool. Slightly biscuity. Do you, have you ever eaten shreddies? Do you remember them? Shreddies. Yes. They look like shreddies, but they've been coated exactly in chocolate. It. That is exactly it, yeah. Slightly smaller perhaps, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a great way of describing it. And, and 20 or so pieces of this in, in a bag... Um, so, so how, what's actually in them? Um, so they have a whole grain crunchy core, which is made to our recipe by our, our manufacturer. And then they're coated in the 64% Belgian chocolate. And then all of the flavors that are added, really delicious orange oil, which is quite zesty. Um, the salted caramel flavor is all natural as well. And then we have, of course, our signature plain, which is just the dark chocolate. So that is, in a nutshell, what Peaks are, is the whole grain core coated in this luxurious dark chocolate. And it's great for snacking on the go, you know, giving to your kids, having with tea and coffee, or a glass of red wine. Lots of people say they love it with a glass of red wine, or as they're trekking, cycling, endurance athletes. Didn't bring any red wine with you, though, did you, Lena? Unfortunately, I didn't. I'm so sorry. I'll learn for the next time. 
And where can we get these from? You said that you're in Selfridges already. Yeah, so we're available in Selfridges, over 100 UK independents. We're available in farm shops, cooperatives, fine food stores, um, quite a few international nations as well, Ireland, Sweden, Netherlands. Across the board, we're growing rapidly and we hopefully will be in some of the big fours very soon. So if you want to find out more about that, you need to go on to Peaks, P-E-A-K-Z. .co.uk, and then you can read all about the enchanting story of the polar bear whose name I've forgotten. Nanook. Of course it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. It's been great. Nice surprise, darling. Something to celebrate. We've just got a very tasty government cash reward for innovation. All that blood, sweat and late nights finally paid off then. How come? Thanks to our buddies at Breakthrough Funding. Yeah. Sorry just slipped out. It all sailed through painlessly in no time at all. Over 40k, thank you very much, and the planet will benefit too. And new shoes for me? <laughs> Cheers. Your company could qualify for Innovation Cash too. Find out online now by answering just six qualifying questions at BreakthroughFunding.com Yeah! So we're at Food and Drink Expo, NEC uh, in the middle of Birmingham. Uh, been here all, all day, haven't been outside. I don't know what the weather's like. Is it uh, raining, sunny? Have you got any clue? I have no idea. No idea at all. That's because we're so dedicated, good guy, to what we do. <laughs> but, um, you know, we just sit here and eat and drink and don't know about the world outside. Very true. I haven't even had any lunch. I haven't either, but bearing in mind people have bought us loads to eat, probably don't need any. Anyway, something slightly different. I have Jason Harris with us from Chilled Packaging. Jason, you're quite used to these sorts of shows, I would guess, um, um, and, and you know, with your company. Um, this this is huge here, isn't there? Loads and loads of startups, loads and loads of food producers. Um, do, do you come to this every year? Not, not every year. We choose one uh, exhibition every year to go to. This is a particularly good one for us. It's a, as you say, it's a it's a huge show, and uh, so far so good. Lot, lots and lots of people coming through the door. And um, you do chilled packaging, so you, you sort of specialise in the design and manufacture of temper contro- controlled packaging. So so th- there's lots of products here which are ambient, by which we mean you know they don't they, they can just sit in your store cupboard. Um, but there are chilled and frozen foods, and and those sorts of temperature sensitive um, things. When you're a startup. That's a real logistical problem, isn't it? And something you've got to think up from start to finish. In, in your experience, do startups who are in that sort of chilled and frozen thing, do, do, they, do they know often what is, what is in store for them? I think they, it's a dilemma for them when they start. They, they, they understand they need to ship the product, but it's not at the top of their list. Like all packaging, is usually the end result. The, the, the product is finished, they're ready to go, and then people think, ah, now I need to ship it. And that's, uh, that's where the difficulty starts. So what do your company do? Do you advise people, um, you know, when they come to you with their product, or, or, or do they come already and, and, and have a sort of spec? Uh, a little bit, both really. Uh, we, we do have a standard range, and they, lots of people order directly from the website without any contact with us. Lots of people also call up and ask for information right from the very basics of, I have a product, it needs to get to X, and uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. So... <laughs> But to be honest, I'd rather a client says that because at least you can go, right, I can, now let's help you from start to finish. Yes, and we started off as a, an internet-based uh, business when, we, when Chill Packaging was, was brought together as a trading company uh, and expecting the majority of people to order direct. But we realised that people do need advice, so we have two full-time people on the phone and they, they really enjoy talking to people with startup business. 
So, so let's say I'm an ice cream manufacturer. I'm making amazing ice cream. You know, the usual story, it's going very well. I might do some in the farmer's market and then people start saying, oh, you've got to, you've got to sell this. It's, you know, it's, it's too good not to sell you know, to, to, to more people. And, and they start to scale up. They start to move from the kitchen table. Um, how can you help them? They ring up and go, well, I've, I've now got clients in Scotland and, you know, Northern Ireland and I'm, I'm, I'm based in, you know, Staffordshire or something. They, they, they can just ring you up and just get that sort of advice? Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's what they're there for. That is the predominantly the, 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 the customers that we get in startup situations call up and, and say exactly that. Um, ice cream and other frozen products like that are one of the hardest ones to do because you, obviously you can't have uh, soft ice cream when it arrives with a customer because it's very identifiable and, uh, and they didn't like soft ice cream. And, and there's lots of health and safety issues to consider as well, isn't there? You, you know, you can't just shove something in, a, in, in, in one of your packages. You've got to consider a huge number of things. That's absolutely right. And one of the things we're really key on is, is validation of packs. It's very difficult because lots of products, different products require a different amount of cooling and protection. But we validate um, packs all the time. You know, people come to us with a different type of product or a different size or a different volume. And they, it needs to be validated. There's many, many products out there that, are, to, that are, uh, are used for this purpose, but they're not tested. And as there's no strict legislation, um, we find that these products really, they need to be validated, otherwise they're shipping something out and they don't know how it's going to arrive. Not so bad with a cake, but when it comes to ice cream and especially raw meats, it's very important that these things arrive at the right temperature. So if we do take ice cream, for example, um, how, what, what do you offer somebody? Do you offer a package that keeps it frozen, or, or how does that work? Yes, the, the, the products, are, we, we supply everything from um, polystyrene right way through to a paper product, um, from uh, dry ice coolants uh, all, all the way through to customers that ship without any coolants at all, and it depends on the product. Ice cream, as I say, is a particularly difficult one, but uh, there's, there's, there's a product for everything. And, and if you're if you're doing um, see one of my things that I've got a problem with ordering food on on the internet is I am slightly worried about it getting to me in in the right condition and you, you know it's going to be safe so I can just take it straight away and put it straight in the fridge or or, or in the freezer um, and, and obviously you're not responsible for that legally but but you've got a whole range of products that that these clients can can use that that absolutely makes those things safe. That's absolutely right, yeah, and this is where the uh, validation of these packs comes into its own because uh, if, if, if you're packing products that are, are it's, it, you're not 100% sure what temperature is going to arrive at, you're putting your, your customers potentially at risk, and that's what we try to avoid. So if somebody comes to us with a, a new product, um, a diff- different type of product, we immediately say, okay, this will work for you on our standard validation, but if you want validation testing, we can do it. And, and it's not just about you know um, um, hurting the customer, which would be dreadful. But your business will, will you know, you're going to get a lawsuit. Your business will, will, will literally fold overnight if, if something like that happens. Yeah, we, we can't afford to take any of those chances. That's why the testing is so important. And, and Guy, if you were starting a business, um, well, the the, the 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 sort of frozen um, side of it is quite difficult. And it's not just about the logistics of it. It's it's also about um, the cost of your packaging tends to be quite high given the cost of the actual, you know, base ingredient. Yes, I think if, if I was going to start a food business and I've kind of, you know, fantasized about it in the past, but then, you know, reality hits and you go, oh, it's so tough. I mean, there's so many aspects to it. And, and 
actually, if I if I was going to go into this space, the one thing I would try and avoid is the added complexity of either frozen or chilled, because it's just an, an, another layer on top of all of the initial layers of, of complexity. Um, yeah. But if you are in chilled, you, you do want to go um, to somebody like Jason because yeah. because you you want somebody to take that pain away from you. Yeah, and you, and you need that reassurance that it's taken care of and that it is safe and that it's all up to code and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I guess just to kind of paint a picture for our listeners, uh, I, I, I've received things in the, in the mail. I, you know, I order all sorts of stuff online. And, uh, and quite frequently it comes in like a plastic bag with some like wool insulation and then a couple of like water ice packs inside. Is that the kind of thing you guys do or is it different to that? Uh, we have we do that type of packaging. We've got a whole range of, uh, of products, different products to suit different applications, and price, and any, any other requirements the customer wants. Um, we've we've just launched today uh, a brand new product called Recycula, which is 100% paper. Um, the industry is, is uh, well, not just the industry, but the the whole news situation at the moment with um, plastics in the environment. Certain applications need plastics. We all, we all know that. You know, the food, food uh, distribution system wouldn't be what it is without plastics. However, where you can reduce the amount used, then I think it's important to do so. So we've launched this, this new product today, and it's 100% recyclable, curbside recyclable. That means you can put it straight in your um, recycle bin with other cardboard boxes. Um, as far as we're aware, that's the, that's the first uh, product onto the market. And uh, we're really excited because it's, uh, it's performing to plus 8 degrees for 48 hours and plus 5 degrees for 24 hours. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So um, the company's called Chilled Packaging. Jason, um, if, if you are you know, a startup or, or you, you're really looking at your packaging and, and want to make sure you absolutely get it right, where can people go to find out more about you? We've got lots of information on the website, which is chillpackaging.co.uk. But we, we, we do like the personal touch. There's, there's two people on the end of the phone, Vicky and Neil. They're great people. They'll spend as much time as you need uh, to talk you through your application and, and what you're trying to achieve. So, Vicky and Neil, I hope you're listening to this because we're going to get hundreds of people to ring you up now. Um, but, but getting that advice is important and, and they're experts. So um, check out chilledpackaging.co.uk. Thank you for joining us, Jason Harris. Thank you very much. So we've eaten quite a few uh, different sorts of things. This show is absolutely huge. Um, do you think it's... Is it right to say it's a little bit too big? Do you think that's possible, Guy? Uh, I'm not sure if I would say too big, but it's definitely a bit overwhelming. Uh, so I've just been kind of wandering around in a daze, looking at all this fantastic stuff, tasting a few things, drinking a few things, um, and, uh, yeah, some, some great stuff. But, yeah, it's a little overwhelming. It is, and I think you need a plan of action, because if you just wander around aimlessly, you just completely get lost, I find, and then you come across the same person four times and then miss everybody, everybody else. Yeah, I, I've just been trying to make a point of uh, you know, saying hello to the people that I know, so you know, just to kind of show some face and to give them some support, so, uh, so that's been nice, but uh, uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of cool stuff here. It's a lot of cool stuff, and also loads of people that have been on the show, so it, well, yeah. one of the nice things is wandering around, people going, oh, hi, how are you, and you go, oh, yeah, I remember you you're on the show, so there's loads of people here, that, and that's quite nice, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, even though it is this huge, uh, huge show, it, there's that nice kind of community spirit, which is great, and it's such a supportive industry. So, uh, yeah, it is indeed. And we've got Sam Feller with us from the Popcorn Shed because I fancy some popcorn now, Sam. I've eaten loads of other stuff, but no popcorn. And I believe you started the Popcorn Shed about eighteen months ago. 
Yes, that's right. I started, um, we launched a product about 18 months ago. Um, we actually started in, um, it's a family business, so I run it with my cousin. And we started in my cousin's um, family garden shed. Um, and that is how um, the business was named. We called it the popcorn shed after the garden shed in her, in her garden. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Now, just explain, how do you actually make popcorn? You just get corn and then what do you do as in corn on the cob have i got that right no that's right so you um you need a specific type of corn uh, you need a popping corn um and to make our products um, you need to pop the corn um we air pop our corn so as it uh, pops into a lovely round shape um, and then you need to basically coat the popcorn in either caramel or cheese or whatever you're coating it with uh, and then, yeah, that, that's it, basically. You cool it and, and, and it gets bagged. So just explain the air thing to me, because um, uh, I just remember, did, did you ever um, make popcorn when you were a kid with your parents? <laughs> I didn't do air anything. I think my memory of popcorn as a kid was those terrible microwave bags, which always got burnt. They were horrible. But, you know, student life. Yeah. Um, so, so just explain your process, um, Sam. So basically there's two ways of popping corn. Um, The typical um, way that uh, you pop corn um, is with oil, hot oil. You normally do it in a kettle. Um, You can do it at home on the stove. Um, A second way of doing it is, um, I'm talking about commercial production really, that you would never use a microwave in a commercial facility. Um, The second way of doing it is to basically blast hot air on the kernel continuously and 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 you typically blast the air from all sides. Um, It sort of goes into a big cylinder. And um, the temperature of the hot air on the kernel makes it pop. And that's what we do. And that's got to be better for you than cooking it in oil. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, there's no oil involved in the process, so it's much better. But most popcorn will be naturally gluten-free, won't it? Um, But it's the flavourings that often have got all the sort of additives and that sort of stuff. That's absolutely right. Popcorn is naturally gluten-free. Um, sometimes popcorn manufacturers will a, um, apply a powder coating with some flavourings in it, which happen to have gluten in them. Um, but our range is 100% gluten-free um, and we only use all natural ingredients. So, Guy, do you want to, do you want to try some here? Now, I've got, um, Sam's bought us three packets, which is jolly decent of him. We've got salted caramel, pecan pie and pop and choc. You're going to go for salted caramel because it's got a great taste award. Is that right? Open that for us then. I'll have some, I'll have some with you. Um, and so you've got two sorts of packets, haven't you? You've got the sort of handy lunchtime pack, I would say. About 140 calories, you're saying. Um, all natural ingredients, gluten-free. But then you've got the sort of much bigger bags, which I presume is you can take to the cinema or have while you're watching a film. Absolutely. So um, we offer snack packs, uh, which are more of an impulse or convenience item, really. Um, They're small bags of popcorn. Um, Each bag is less than 140 calories. Um, So it's a nice sort of sweet treat, mid-afternoon, sugar pick-me-up type type product. Um, And we also offer our signature sheds, which are, um, as you say, slightly larger. They come in a beautiful carton and they're perfect for... Um, gifting, we do a lot of seasonal business with those, um, and also for sharing, as you say, taking to the cinema, maybe watching a DVD at home, um, that kind of thing. 
You'll have to sneak them into your handbag, though, because they don't let you have them in the cinema, and their popcorn's rubbish. So buy something like that and then, then, then secrete it on your person and sneak in the cinema. That's what I'd advocate. Um, why are you laughing, Guy? You always crack me up, Sue. I tell you what, that popcorn is delicious. So I, I, I picked out the sweet, and, uh, the sweet and salty one, the salted caramel. It's a, a really, really nice combination. It's not too kind of crunchy. It's got this kind of like nice soft chewiness to it. It's really, uh, really good, actually. Mm, I quite like it. It's a little bit sweet for me. Can you open the pecan pie yeah, for me? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sort of salted popcorn person, really. But that doesn't mean to say that anybody's got a, even a, a tiny sweet tooth would love that. Pecan? Oh, this pecan pie is really good. Sorry, I've <laughs> just got a mouthful of popcorn. So explain what's in the pecan pie one while we're just munching our way through it. Um, so pecan pie has um, all the ingredients to make a caramel. So as you'd expect, there's um, fresh butter in there. And there's some sugar, syrups, um, and some flavorings. We also use real roasted pecan nuts inside. Um, so you get a lovely textural crunch when you, when you actually eat into the kernel. Um, and that differentiates us from some other brands who might do a pecan flavor, but generally don't have you know the texture enhancement that, that we use we incorporate nuts chocolate fruit into our popcorns depending on the flavor to really give it that extra textural hit and that that sort of mouthfeel you've got your eyes on the pop and chop now haven't you go on you're on a roll um yes pecan pie i'm, I'm still verging towards the salted caramel as my preferred one. Oh, now they look they look they're, they're very dark you can tell that that's um definitely got chocolate they almost look like little tiny chocolate truffles. And I'm going to try one now. Go on then, try one now. It's got a good crunch to it. Mm, that is delicious. Really, really good chocolatiness. It doesn't taste like some kind of powder that has just been thrown on at the end. Really good. can't believe that's 140 calories. Yeah, so um, our chocolate flavour, we use a cocoa-enhanced um, uh, caramel to coat the popcorn... And then we actually drizzle or sort of melt milk chocolate on top of the kernel as well. So you've got um, a double whammy of chocolate, really. You've got the cocoa uh, infusing in the caramel to give it that lovely, rich, chocolatey flavour. Um, and then that, li- that little bit of Belgian milk chocolate as well, which complements the, um, the cocoa caramel. Well, it's a hit with you, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it really is. I mean, popcorn's a funny one because it's, it's something that people know so well. And you go, okay, so how many different things can you do with popcorn? But it's, it's really surprising how you know, different flavour combinations, different textures can really kind of bring something to life. Really, really great. And Sam, I'm still eating, sorry. Where can, you, um, where can we get um, popcorn shed from? So um, th- we've actually got a new range for the year, uh, exciting new range, which we've only just released. Um, they'll, all of the products are launching onto Ocado um, in a couple of weeks' time. We already sell three of our SKUs on Ocado. Uh, you can also purchase from um, all the BP MS petrol stations um, throughout the UK, which is a lovely national listing for us. Uh, and, of course, you can buy online, buy on our website. Buy on, we sell on notonthehighstreet.com um, and, and various other platforms taking over the world so there's my top tip for today get yourself some popcorn shed and drive up to a bp m&s garage shove it in your coat pocket and then go to the cinema there you go (laughs) what a great idea for a day out (laughs) yeah it is no it's really good Uh, good luck with it um, sam and um, thanks for joining us on the show thank you for having me 
So I'm at um, Food Expo and there's about 400 other types of exhibitions here. So there's the, the farm shop and deli show and there's the ingredient show and all sorts of things. It's huge at uh, NEC in Birmingham. Um, and I've just I've just had a little bit of lunch, even though I've been um, having you know s- stuff to eat that our kind guests have bought us. Now I'm dying for a coffee, which is just as well that I've come to see Lauren Davis, and and Lauren is a managing director of my coffee station. Now I've got a beautiful car in front of me, or a sort of van. Um, can you just um, can you just describe it to me? Is it an actual car? Uh, this one over here is a Fiat Topolino, and it's a 1948. Uh, van which we've uh, had for eight weeks in the body shop it's been completely renovated um, with a coffee machine in the back so it's it's quite nice because it reflects our Italian blend of coffee and, and so it's a sort of um, a, a green colour how would I describe that um, what's the colour I think people describe it as a gelato green a gelato green yeah sort of mint minty green minty gelato green that's yeah. how it's been described very much so and, and can you actually drive that car that was actually driven into the hall by myself and it is it is road legal. It's so. road legal. Well, it's beautiful. It's got an old-fashioned n- uh, number plate at the back. All the chrome is, is beautifully shiny. But it's not just about having a car, is it? Because there's something special in the back. It is. There's a, a fully uh, automatic uh, bean-to-cup coffee machine in the back, which produces amazing coffee. Uh, it's all fair trade coffee. And it's, yeah, it's very, very popular. And um, would, would you mind, Lauren, because I'm, I'm a little bit thirsty, would you mind making me one out of these machines? No. So, so it's the normal machine that you would get, and, and um, it's, it's got a digital display. And, oh, I think, can I have a cappuccino, please? Sure. Um, so, so presumably, the, the, somebody hires this, they get these coffee machines in the back? That's right. The, machine, the vans that we've got can go to all sorts of venues and serve coffee, and it's coffee on the go. But it means that it can it can serve it anywhere basically, and the tuk tuk that we're using at the moment, uh, he's called Gino, and he, he's been all over the country. Oh, Gino! So Gino's another one of these beautiful vans. Um, what about the electricity? Do you have to find somewhere to plug it in, all that sort of stuff? It does need to be plugged in, but this one at the moment is running off a standard 13 amp um, electricity supply, so it's not huge, um, and they can serve a lot of drinks. We did uh, the Hyde Park event British Summertime last year. We were exclusively there. We served over 60,000 people a day. 6,000 people a day? Wow. 60,000? 60,000? Yeah. So it was a very busy event, that one. And if somebody, um, you know, likes doing, you know, events and, 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 you know, is into coffee, presumably they can just hire these from you and and run it as their own business and try and get 60,000 people through like you. (laughs) We do them uh, for sale mainly, uh, so they can uh, buy them from us, lease them. Um, We don't tend to hire them, but they can, we uh, can provide them like almost like a business in a box. So they've got the whole thing there. We give them the whole setup, show them how it all works and they can uh, start running their own business and selling lots of coffee. It's a real showstopper, isn't it? Because because you, you just... I don't know, these cars look so friendly and, and you know, it makes you sort of smile somehow. So if, if you are going to, um, you know, go somewhere and be the provider of, of coffee, um, and I know you can get black tea, can't you, as well, um, it, it just puts a smile in your face and people are going to come around and, and, and queue up, aren't they? Uh, the best thing I ever heard was that one of the shows was said that someone said to us, your vans are like magnets. They said they're so beautiful and they just literally, I wasn't interested in a coffee or a tea or a chocolate, but I came over, I saw them, smelt the coffee and I was like, oh, I had a coffee. So they are a big showstopper and a big pull. 
bit of an experience, and people like a, a bit of experience, don't they? It is. It's um, very much about theatre, isn't it? It's yeah. a, it's a, it's yeah. a theatre experience, and they're, they're 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 drawn in by the colours and everything, and then it's the smell of the coffee, and then all, it all works from there. And the nice thing is, we get return guests constantly. Of course. So you you also do other things though, don't you? So you do coffee station like machines, which almost look like vending machines uh, somehow. You know when you go into those garages now and you get like Costa or whatever it is. Is, is that the same type of setup? The, the way those work, we work on a profit share mainly with those, but we also build them bespoke for customers who want to buy them uh, or lease them. Um, but yeah, it's very much providing a its starting point for us was a nice cup of coffee, not the margin. So it was finding actually how can we make a nice fair trade cup of coffee uh, fair trade chocolate and fair trade tea and provide that at a reasonable selling point and that's what we're trying to do with my coffee so it's providing a point of difference to, to yeah. the competition really and, and if somebody um, so if we're talking about the, the sort of business side of it how much would it if somebody's leasing this from you and they've got a, you know reasonable throughput in a day um, and they're selling let's say they're selling a cappuccino at 250 well, how much would it cost them, you know, roughly? I know that's difficult because we're talking, you know, huge ballpark figures. But if you're looking at um, for the leasing cost, just on the financial side, it's about £21 a day on a flight. Oh, £21 a day? You've only got to sell 10 coffees. Yeah, so then you've got, that's the lease. And then for your average cup of coffee, you're looking at sort of 35, 40p a cup. So overall, you can make it work very quickly, very easily on the model we've put together. And that's what business people want to do. They want to know exactly, you know, at what time of day have I sold enough, right, I've covered all my costs now, and then the rest is all, is all profit. Exactly that. And it, it's also that we're pulling together all different points so that people can see that everything's there. They can have as much or as little off us, so we can provide them with the van, the beans, the, all the ingredients, or they can just have the van. And you've got beautiful tables and chairs here as well that are in that sort of mint gelato green. Can I, can I hire those as well? You can indeed. So, and we've also had requests today for people to, to have them sprayed and done for their own. So literally there, I mean, it's all about providing that sort of everything the same, everything matches, and it's sort of drawing people in with that. You've really thought of all of these um, um, sort of issues, haven't you? Um, we try to. We try, and we're, we're always thinking about doing things. And the next thing that we're trying now is uh, the pop-up cafe, um, which again is having something that's not a shop fit which can be rolled into a location like a uh, theater uh, like into a festival and they can have like a full ca- size cafe but without not having it fit fully fixed so that's our next thing it's fantastic it just means as you said we're, we're in the middle of nec you've literally driven these vans in here open the back and all your coffee machines in there you've got little tables and chairs and 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 actually when you're on your way there people are going to see your brand um, and, and it's a really good solution when you've, you've, you you know you want to go to a festival or, or you know somewhere on a beach or something like that it is and and as you say it's it's all it's driven in there it's quite it's ready to use and it also gives you a point of difference with the competition as, as you said it's fair trade it's good coffee but it draws them in and if somebody's interested in, in, in leasing these, uh, where do they go? If they go to our website, they can go there and email us directly from that. Um, that's the, probably the easiest way for us to do it. And your website is? It is it's mycoffeestation.co.uk. Mycoffeestation.co.uk. That's pretty easy to remember. And we'll put details of that on the website. Um, Lauren, thank you so much. I'm just going to have my coffee now. So thanks for that. All right. Thank you very much.